Hey everybody, welcome to the cast. I'm your host Matt. And I am Steve. I remember my name today. And he has actual audio, so (laughs) that was good. Uh, This is going to be a train wreck, guys. I'm just going to warn you right off the bat. I have... Come on, you have to admit, a little bit of comedy in the the podcast adds a lot of uh, value. I tell you, everybody who's watching this after the show's over, go come join us on a Saturday. Watch us live. The pre-show is fantastic. We always do have a good time in the pre-show. Technical difficulties all over the place this week. So we're just going to and and cross comedy our galore. Comedy galore. Comedy galore. And since we're two old geezers today, we're not going to understand anything from what we're going to be talking about. I'm not going to understand anything I'm going to be talking about because one of my topics is related to something I've never used. So, uh let's wing it, baby. It's going to be fun. All right. So, uh, this is the Linux cast. We talk about Linuxy things, as which we usually do, and uh, we absolutely have no tangents whatsoever. I'm sure that we'll have fewer tangents this week than we normally have. Wait a minute, uh, those statements didn't really go together. I said we don't have any, and then we don't. We normally have some. I don't know. We never have any tangents, anyways. So we talk about the news on this podcast. But bef- before we do, we're going to talk about what we've done this week in open source. So, Steve, what you been up to this week, boy? Okay, I've been up to a lot uh, this week. Uh, a lot of discussion uh, in the Linux realm, but I'm happy to announce after a lot of discussion, now the Zero Linux team has a structure to it. We have Ripley, who's responsible for, uh, who's going to be responsible for all the social media related stuff. So posting on YouTube uh, community, posting on Twitter, because I decided not to delete my Twitter, but to transform it into Zero Linux. OP because somebody already took Zero Linux and they're using it to call everybody homo. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's going to be responsible for that. We got uh, Teddy, who's uh, responsible for the UI UX uh, side of things. We have uh, Gamer King, who's going to work on a, new, on a new spin of Zero Linux. And uh, who else do we have? Oh, we might, we're in discussion, it's not finalized yet, we might have a web developer joining the, the team who's going to revamp the Zero Linux website uh, and bring it uh, up to modernization and we're going to have a blog side of things where we're going to announce things instead of only Discord. Uh, so I've been managing uh, half the week and the other half of the week uh, we've been working on uh, ideas on how to grow Zero Linux uh, because, yeah, it's, it has reached a point where it has become boring. No changes are taking place. No major changes, just under the hood fixes and tweaks. Uh, we need the, uh, we're looking at various ideas to grow the project and uh, financially make it viable. Uh, so it's no longer a... Uh, uh, how do you call how did i call it a uh, side project or a passion project now it's uh, becoming is sort of becoming trying to become a business kind of thing uh and i've been working on more scripts <laughs> because guess what the grub issue uh, uh, a new grub issue has come through the cracks uh now i have the task the ugly task of showing people how they can t- Arch Chirut, reinstall Grub to get their system to boot again. Uh, thank you, Grub developers. Uh, so, and other than that, 
troubleshooting. Most of the time, troubleshooting and reading. That's what I've been up to. I wonder why Arch always has so many problems with Grub. It's like it's always it's not having Arch. problems. It's not, this time around, it's not Arch. But it's only happening on Arch, right? Uh... The thing is, I went to the uh, I went to the Grub official website and I went to their um, issue tracker, and the the issue that everybody's running into is has been reported over there, and it's a confirmed bug in Grub. But the only way they can fix it the fastest is for reports to keep piling on by people but no one is reporting it uh is bothering to report it so far it's only one user and me uh we're only two people who have reported the bug everybody else they're just waiting it out waiting to for the fix to somewhat magically appear uh so until then i'm troubleshooting it helping users uh, learn how to arch cheroot uh but yeah it's happening on arch because arch used the latest version that comes upstream this is yeah. the nature of Arch. This is how it works. So it's not Arch's problem if that's its nature from the from the get-go. So, uh, yeah, they, they pull from upstream directly to the user. They don't do anything on their end. So, um, yeah, and that issue has been uh, has existed for two up uh, two versions back to back. R566 and R591. So far, they haven't fixed it. Hmm. Oh, that's crazy. All right, so for me, <coughs> I've done nice. many things. So I, I guess the thing that I should talk about first is that I was on Debian there for a long time, and it was a really good distribution. And then um, I had like 3,000 Deb packages installed. What the <laughs> so hell? I know. So I was like, you know, what's the best way to, to kind of prune some of this stuff? Because I don't ha- – I mean, it's it's – it's weird that I had that many. Install uh, Flatterpacks. Install Flatterpacks. I, I had fl- I had some flat packs too, um, but anyways, the thing that I decided to do, and this was stupid and completely noob of me, is I uninstalled Plasma. <laughs> and uh, it, if you've ever tried to uninstall Plasma before, it takes literally everything with it. So I could have tried to fix it, but I just didn't have the time to do it last night. So I hopped. Well, I didn't hop, but what I tried to do was re- just reinstall Debian. I figured, well, you know, I'll just reinstall Debian. It'll be fine. Oh, that's when you had the USB error? Yeah, I was getting some weird USB errors throughout the entire installation. And it did install, but then it wouldn't actually... And it booted, and it got to the TTY, but it kept showing errors over and over again, even over the TTY. It was really weird. I'm pretty sure it's my external hard drive is in the process of exploding or something. I don't know what the hell is going on. Every once in a while, it just completely falls off the rails, and it's not connected at all. So, I think that 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 was the issue that I'm having there. And it's also possible that I'm having some USB problems, given the fact that I also just had some problems with my camera. So, um, You see this this external hard drive? It can only be USB 3. Uh, This micro B, whatever it's called. It can only be that, because it's soldered to the motherboard. I cannot switch it and use it uh, as an internal SATA drive. And this dr- USB 3 drive is a 2 terabyte drive, element drive, which is the slowest WD external drive that exists. It's it's a thick boy. And, 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 but I want to use it as internal. I cannot use it as internal, so I use it as external. I dropped this thing like a thousand times and it survived. It's a, and it's been with me for, I don't know, seven years. 
but it's slow. If I want to copy a file to it, USB 3, it takes approximately six to eight hours. So. Yeah, I don't know what's actually going on with my USB stuff. Uh, it's something I'm I'm kind of working on. But anyways, I went to open back to OpenSUSE Tumbleweed, and uh, because I'm pretty sure I understand what I the problem was happening when I had to hop away from before, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I do still have Debian installed on my other hard drive, and I'll still use that so I can finish you the like, review. You like you like to uh, to live in pain. You like to see your guts out of your body. Why you use OpenSUSE? It's painful. It's not painful. It's fine. Updating is low. Uh, zipper? Why they called it zipper? They were thinking about their jean zipper. Their their thingy hanging, dingy dingy dongy outside. Why? What the? F All right, Steve. I'm banning you. Stop that bullshit. <laughs> they called it zipper. Your jean zipper? What? I don't know why they called it zipper. Why do they call it apt? Or Pac-Man? Or well, Pac-Man is fun. <laughs> DNF. <laughs> this is fun. Zipper? Are they talking about the tail between the legs? What is? Sorry. Why do I even do this? I, I get, I get, I get old jokes in my head. I'm. Stupid. All right. Um. Anyways, I, I, I went back to OpenSUSE. I'm pretty happy with it as a setup right now. Not getting any of the errors that I was getting before, which is good. Um. Anyways, I did that. Also, I got a Stream Deck, not a Steam Deck. I already had that, but I have a Stream Deck now. Thank and you for that, too. I want yeah, to thank you for that. There's a application called Deckmaster that just makes it so good. Um, it, it's all. I wish there was kind of a, a GUI for it, but so but you use it through a configuration file instead, and you can just basically create as many decks as you want, and, and it's just so good. Um, so if you have a Stream Deck. I highly recommend Deckmaster. Yeah, it's, it's really on the fantastic. it's on the zero Linux repositories now because of you. Thanks. Yeah, and and the, I'm really appreciative to the, those developers because they do package it in both Deb and RPM formats, so it's really easy to install if you're using a regular. I thank the maintainer um, on the AUR for making it available for us to build and host. Yeah, it was on AUR too. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I've been playing around with that, and I think the other thing that I've been doing is finally transitioning away from Firefox on all of my machines. I'm now using Vivaldi on every machine that I have. You made some, one old geezer happy. Um, <laughs> one year to one year. You there made still me happy. There are still things that are making me angry about it. So like, There will you, always be a few things. If you zoom in on a page, it doesn't, it doesn't remember, remember that zoom... It. It doesn't remember that zoom level on that whole URL, which is just I, I don't under so that's a that's a Chrome that's in Chrome. No. Okay. Here's the thing. You're talking about that issue and I'm talking about the opposite issue. It remembers the zoom and I don't want it to remember the zoom. Apparently I just have for you, the opposite issue. I I, I zoom in uh, I, I zoom in a lot on the AUR when I click the RSS feed to see all the updated packages uh, on the AUR. But I am old; I cannot see such l small, tiny letters. So I make I zoom in to 175 percent. I close Vivaldi, reboot the computer, shut down the computer, come back the next day, open AUR. It's big. I wish mine worked like that. Because I don't know. <laughs> Why do we suffer the opposite thing? I don't know, because the way mine works is, is I go to a website, I zoom in, and then I close this tab, go back to it, you know, like, 
a little while later and it's back to the normal size. Now you can set a ah you close zoom the level tab. for the entire ah. thing. You're closing the tab. I'm closing the entire browser with the page zoomed in and I reopen the browser. It reopens the page zoomed in. But if I close the tab, I never try. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, it remembers the zoom as long as the tab is still open. But yeah, if the, but if, if you close, close the, the browser back, with the tab open, it's going to remember it zoomed in. But if you close well, <laughs> the tab, hmm, I need to Yeah, that's that. just no Okay, so remembering zoom position when the tab is still open, that's just normal behavior. I'd expect that to happen. What I wanted to do Yeah, I'm saying even if you close the browser. Right, I know. Out. It's that's that's normal behavior, Steve. It's supposed oh, okay. to do that. It doesn't in every single browser. Um it would be silly if it if it if you then close, close the, the browser without closing the tab. It, it, why? Well, yeah, but I, I don't. This is a system-wide thing. It's many different websites. Is what I'm what I'm saying. When, when I go to uh, something to read, my eyes are crap, and I want the zoom to be a regular thing on that particular website. But you can't. If I set my zoom level browser-wide to like 150 percent or whatever, it ruins so many other websites that I don't want zoomed in, like you know YouTube or YouTube Studio. You know what I mean? It just. But one thing I need to point out. Did you notice one thing when you mentioned? Uh, on Fostodon, when you mention an issue with Vivaldi while mentioning the Vivaldi uh, handle, did you notice that without replying to you a few versions ahead, they they uh, your issue gets addressed? No, I haven't noticed that. <laughs> this... uh, the tab the tab thing the the the, the tab uh, stack uh, that you complained about like uh, it took them maybe a, a month or two. But after two months, they had it fixed. <laughs> well, I don't think it was because of of Mastodon. Maybe somebody I actually, else mentioned it other than you, but I did report that bug actually. Yeah, on, so, on the bug tracker, they, they, so what I love about the Vivaldi uh, people is when I mention them, they reply to me. They don't leave me in the dust and they, they ah, he's a, just another guy talking about bullshit. No, okay. they reply to mm -hmm. me and they tell me we're working on it. Okay, so yes, Twig, Vivaldi is proprietary. Uh, no, I don't care. No, I don't care either. As long <laughs> um, as it works like, for us, then I use cool. proprietary software all the time uh, when the the software is good and it's better than the other thing. So if it provides features that I want, then I Every, will use it. I'll, I'll um, have one thing to say about that. Uh, Sublime Text, paid app. I paid for it. I use it. Sublime Merge, same thing. There's a lot of proprietary things that we have. Uh, 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 sometimes we have to use, like proprietary NVIDIA drivers. Uh, if you want to go all Libre with the all Libre mentality, go ahead, use Libre Linux or whatever it's called, the Arch version, uh, uh, Libre version of Arch. Uh, go use that if you want to keep complaining about, uh, this is closed source. Uh, this is closed source. Uh, I want to fight this. Oh, go to hell. Okay, go to the Libre. Nobody's forcing you to to come and but good luck getting it getting your system boot, uh, booting and functioning correctly. So stop that bullshit with the uh, with its proprietary. It gets you have a good brand. <laughs> uh, it, it gets my blood boiling when people start doing that. Well, okay. So my opinion on the whole, like, I prefer. I have. A, I have a. Per, I have a open source preference. I prefer to use open source all the time. And you're the same way, right? Yeah. Um, 
and I'd, I'd love to use Firefox, and I use Firefox for ages. It's a fine browser, but there are certain features in Vivaldi that I really like, and the biggest one is Workspaces. It's fantastic. Now, I basically had the same uh, functionality on Firefox, but it's not quite the same. So, basically, I had the Workspaces in Firefox, but without tab stacking. So... Hmm. With the workspaces in Vivaldi, I can have separate workspaces. So, like, I have, you know, one for programming. I have one f that's the main place where it's just kind of a collect all. I have one, a to-do one. I have one for video ideas. I have one for research and stuff like that. So, I, you know, I have all these workspaces. But within those, I can also have individual tag tab groups within those. So, I can kind of really super organize all of my tabs. Now, I... I this is only a feature that is worthwhile for people who have a ton of tabs. Um, if you if you're the type of person who only has like two or three tabs, workspaces may be something that you like. But for me personally, I use a ton of tabs now. Well, uh, I prefer I prefer to use open open source anything over proprietary. But when uh, I I find the things that I need in a proprietary proprietary version. Uh, like let's say a browser, for example, I don't, I don't oh, uh, close my mind and I say no, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse. I understand. No, not, we need to use. Not a masochist, using... you know. Just I use the tools for the job and get it done. Exactly. And if if something, if a tool comes along that does it better, I'll use that thing. Exactly. Now, there are certain exceptions to this. Like if Windows did something better than Linux, which I'm sure there's something out there that Windows does better than Linux. I don't really know what it is. I'm still not going to use Windows. So there are limits to my willingness to use proprietary software. Um, Same. So I, I, but I, I, I'm not so into the open source thing that I can't. There's one thing. See there's the one thing I will admit that Firefox has over uh, Vivaldi is it, it, the performance of Firefox. Hands down, is way better than Vivaldi. Vivaldi, when you start uh, having workspaces and a lot of tabs open. It s slows down. It's no longer as fluid, as uh, fast uh, as when you first open the browser. But Firefox magically stays fluent, and you can drag the window no matter how many tabs you have. It's still fluid and, and everything. Yeah, so, I haven't had any problems with it slowing down, and I have a ton of tabs open. So I'm not saying slows else. down to uh, a lot, but you notice the it it it's no longer as fluid as when you first opened it. Whereas Firefox mm. stays as fluid as when you first opened it with zero tab. Maybe I'll I noticed that at least on my system. More. I don't know. I, I have 32 gigs of RAM and uh, 50. Uh, I mean, 3600x. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's to go upgrade ahead and... to the 5800x3D one day. Uh, I I don't think I will be upgrading my computer for quite some time. I just which bought CPU a brand new you GPU. Have? Which, which I have the 3800x. Oh, so you have the one above mine. Yeah, right. um, I'll probably stay there for three yeah. or four more years at least, probably longer. Uh, the problem is I never, I don't tax the CPU that I Same have. Same here. So I'm just, it's, it's just a, it's just a mental thing. thing a mental thing. I, uh, I you feel like newest? if I get, no, not newest. It's just a placebo thing. Maybe I'll be able to build zero Linux faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could always try to get yourself a, a like an M2 Mac or something. Those things compile crap like yeah. Split. <laughs> when I can afford um, a Mac, I can afford a better CPU and a motherboard and RAM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the news. I'm gonna go ahead and go first this week because I never go. I never go first. 
Um, okay, sir. I think I, should, I think I get to go to, get to go first, and I think we might as well just start off with the big one. So Ubuntu uh, 23.10 will be not using uh, dev packages inside of the software center anymore. Um, now, well, uh, I making don't it proper, uh, making uh, uh, making it snaps above devs, but there will yeah, be much be, less devs. They'll be using snaps first as the default. Yeah, from here on out, on yeah. in their software center now. Uh, yes, the, the there's been a lot of foot about this, but I also want to say this about this. This Just is this. was I mean this was so obvious they were always going to do this. Um, there there was never they were never ever going to not do this, and eventually I think that they really do want to get completely rid of um, Debs completely. It wouldn't surprise me. It's going to be a Debian thing only. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like it's, it really won't surprise because they really are all in on snaps. So um, let's see if, if we can see what they're saying. So the, the it, it's a non-goal to try and present Debs and snaps as two options for the same app. Doing what is hard is hard to get right and restrict design choices in other areas. I don't... Um, Dev support will land later because resources are always tight. Finally, nothing here stops users from installing applications the, the old-fashioned way. So, in other words, opening the terminal and installing it that way. Using um, apps. Yeah. Um, the problem is, of course, is that those the the terminal way is also sometimes going the snap direction as well. So, if you want to install Chromium or Firefox or something like that, yeah, you can't yeah. install just the dev package because it doesn't exist. You know? Um, you have to it install Snap for you, even if you've been uninstalled Snap. That's the reason why Linux Mint threw a fit, right? Because the, because the Chromium package or whatever uh, had SnapD as a hard dependency, which is you know shady. I think it's a little shady, but that's that's an old story. That's from like five years ago at this point. Um, but the the new the new software center is going to be Flutter based. So they somebody some community member created this, and then Ubuntu adopted it. Um, and it will allow you to install dev versions, but it it will default to the snap uh, package and first. Users can use, and users can use it now. It's on the on the edge channel. Uh, you have to install it as a snap because <laughs> wow, uh, yeah. But it's on the edge channel. You can install it, but they warn you it's still buggy. Uh, but yeah, it's already so, available. For the thing about this is that it, it does basically mean that Debs aren't going to be used inside of the software center at all, because you and I know about that little drop down thing there at the top. Yeah. You know, we we know about that us nerds, but the vast majority of normies out there it's never look up their install, install, install. It just, install. It's just installing it. They don't know the difference between one or the other, and they're just that means that they're gonna. And they're gonna wonder, Beyond. and they're gonna wonder why is it, why the app is taking so long to to open, and why, why the computer why is, is taking my so computer long to reboot. So slow. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say in Snap's defense, and you guys never hear me say anything in Snap's defense, hardly ever. Uh, it is faster than it used to be. Still slow, but it's faster than it used to be because of the loop um, devices. Because of all the loop devices. Well, the loop devices and there's compressing and decompressing and all this stuff. They they switch to a different. Uh, uh, they switched to like ZT, ZSTD or I I don't, I don't know ZSTD I don't know. Uh, ZSTD is, is used by Arch for all uh, packages and by default for SquashFS for when you're building an Arch ISO as well, but uh, it tends to be on the uh, hmm, 
it's so compressed that sometimes you feel applications taking a while to to load. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually what they switched. I know they switched to a different compression algorithm or whatever it's called. It's, I think it's ZSPD. Um, uh, um, but whatever they switched to supposedly was what was going to make it f faster. Um, and, and the thing is that it, it, they only ended up doing that because of the Firefox snap because the Firefox snap was so slow people actually complained about it, right? Um, and, and because the browser is the primary thing that people use, you know, yeah. <laughs> the browser is the primary thing that people use, and therefore they are going to notice when that is slow. Uh, if, if you if if the calculator is slow, I mean, how often do you open the calculator, right? You know, so it's it's definitely not. Oops, but anyways, uh, it's definitely not you know as slow as it used to be, but it's you know. It, know. Well, snaps uh, snaps are getting better. I'm gonna t put this out there. Snaps are getting better because I have a VM that I test <laughs> that I test snaps on. I don't know why I'm a masochist, but uh, I I'm curious. I want to see when they get fixed. Uh, there are some snaps that used to take what up to five, eight seconds to load. Now they take one, one and a half seconds. Uh, so they're working on it. They're taking all this feedback and and everything, but. I haven't seen someone so all in into uh, into something like Ubuntu with snaps. Well, it's because it's theirs, right? They, they want they really they really believe. I was gonna say they really want that control, but what they really want is they are what they really believe is that snaps are the better way of doing it, not only for the end user but for the developers maintaining the package because it's easier to package. You don't have to worry about you know dependency hell and all this stuff, right? Um, and I, the thing about the thing is is that when I criticize snaps, everyone thinks that I'm automatically a flat pack fanboy, which you know I kind of am, but it doesn't mean that I can't see the flaws in flat pack. Like, Flatpak has flaws, right? It takes Ooh, up an enormous amount of. I was going to mention of, that in a bit, but like it, it, it takes up a lot of disk space. A lot of times, the updates come in a little bit wonky. Also, it doesn't do a good job at package dependency management as Snaps does because you still have to install. Like if you install basically anything relating to GTK with <laughs> through a flat pack, you're also going to get a whole bunch of GNOME dependency flat packs to go along with it. So if, even if you only have one, you've only installed one flat pack, you'll probably have at least four because it also installs. The, the thing stuff. I was going to mention is related to that is I had a user on my, uh, on my discord. It was like, I install, I, I install everything as a flat, as a flat pack, but for some reason I have 15 different NVIDIA things trying to update, and each one is over 300 megabytes in size. I'm worried about disk space. I'm like, each application uses a different version of the NVIDIA driver. So you, minimum, you're going to end up with it. Uh, and sometimes uh, for each application, there are three applications that use the same version of the driver. Instead of downloading the driver once, it downloads it three times. This is bad package management on the Flatpak developer side. Uh, well, it's just the way they've chosen to do it, yeah. which is fine, but it l looks weird. Um, it's very, also, and for me, for me, for a user like me who has a, a very slow internet compared to the uh, outside yeah. world, uh, when I see six NVIDIA updates, I'm like, yeah, that's going to take a week. Well, that I mean, that's even here where I have good internet, the... the 
download speeds are slow. Yeah. Um, it, it's not. It's not. It's not fast. So uh, every time. And they still somebody, use the HTTP, not HTTPS. Just so you yeah, know. There are tons of flaws with flat packs, just like there's tons of flaws with snaps. What would be great if those two teams could, you know, get together and know. have an uh, ha- have a Franken baby. <laughs> yeah, work together and put these things together and make one thing that's actually good. Take the benefits of snap, the benefits of flat pack, and just combine Which them together. Which brings me to so a question I want to ask the users in chat. I don't have uh, YouTube open. I avoid that because I don't want to slow my internet down. But uh i have a question to the users in chat and to you matt uh do you think do you think uh flatback the way it's going it will reach a point where it will replace uh, regular package uh, distro specific uh, package managers or that we will always have the distro specific package managers and flatback and snaps and whatever we're always going to have distro specific package managers i think now yeah. i think that flat pack will continue to get very popular and i think they'll i think it's as never going to be the default it's never going to be the uh well, the only one out there it's going to be okay snaps. so it's it's going to be the default on certain distros so like if you're installing silver blue or kino white or vanilla os or you know, uh, OpenSUSE's Aeon or whatever it's called now. You know, if you install an immutable distro, then Flatpak is going to be the thing, right? And But those distributions are going to be for certain types of users who aren't interested in exploring other more esoteric packages, right? Well, so I have you... to disagree on that front because uh, for, for the reason you gave. The, the, the idea you gave is correct, but the reason for that is, is kind of... Uh, there's another reason for which we're going to always have distro-specific package managers is because there are some packages that cannot be packaged as Flatpak, quite simply. Okay, so if you'd let me continue, I was actually going to say that. Okay, <laughs> um, sorry. Like I said, so if, if, you're, if you're going for more esoteric packages, but also libraries and stuff like that for certain... And system, d- system packages. ...development packages, and obviously... I don't. I'm not a developer, but I'm. I, I'd be mightily surprised if System D could be a, a flat pack or a snap. I'd be very surprised if you could do it. Well, if you see what Ubuntu are doing, uh, Ubuntu uh, are able to to package the printer driver as. Well, yeah, yeah, they're doing cups, but snap. I don't. I don't think if they that can, s- that means Flatpak can figure out a way to finagle something. I'm just I'm just not sure the system D itself could be a, a containerized package. Um, that's another. Yeah. Be, yeah, I'm just I'm I just I'm not sure that that's technologically possible, uh, like at all. I wish I wish. And also, I, could. I don't I don't know what the ben- even if it was possible, what would be the benefits of having system D as a as a containerized package? You know, uh, you um, have to manage permissions and shit for system D itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like I said, I just don't think it's possible. And even if it was, why would you do such? And a another thing? another um, thing. Uh, although, of- if if you think about it, if if system, let's just say let's just say system D was possible to be containerized like that, uh, it would also at least theoretically make it possible more make it easier to switch out with a different init system if other init systems were also containerized. Um, but again, I don't I think, think it's that. possible. Like if you wanted to run, use run it or open RC, um, but that'd be like for like six people, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, uh, another thing with the uh, with with flatpacks is 
uh, which is a nightmare and, and a half, which I simplified on zero Linux. But uh, for the regular users using uh, regular distros, uh, it's not going to be very easy. It's well, making flatpacks use the system theme. If you're using Advaita Dark, it's going to work because Advaita Dark, everything uses Advaita Dark. But uh, if if they are on KDE, for example, on Plasma or on uh, XFCE, mm, uh, getting Flatpaks to, to use the system theme, you have to go through hoops. There, there's a guide, by it's fast, but it's a long one. So you have to yeah. jump into hoops to, to get Flatpaks just to use the system theme. Uh, some apps have their own dark theme, whatever, but it's never the, the same theme as your system theme. If you're using something from Pling or AUR or whatever, you have to jump into hoops to get it to work with Flatpak. That's not fun because they used to have allow Flatpaks to have access to user uh, share themes. They removed that uh, capability completely. Now, the only themes Flatpak can use are... Uh, themes inside your dot themes in your home directory, but you have to tell it to do that. You have to set the system override for flatpacks. Not a fun yeah. thing. Not they a fun definitely thing. need to fix that. They need but, to unify uh, that and fix that thing. Yeah, but flatpacks so many... are good. There's many different. So that's the reason why you know we always talk about snaps versus flat packs and and somebody in in the chat said you know if that's the only way to do it i'm going to buy a macbook well first of all i mean if you don't think mac's going to go towards containerized stuff and also it's probably already doing it um no mac that's what they do it's containers all, right, all the macs so, are containers um well, I mean, they're bringing in iOS and they have iOS and iPad apps on Mac and all of those are containerized. So yeah. um, it's definitely going to happen. It, it, that stuff is going to happen. But to answer your question, Steve, no, it's definitely not going to to remove the need for distro-specific no, package never. managers. Because even beyond the things that you mentioned, there are always going to be distro-specific packages that you might need to be able to install. You know, but, um, if, they things, go, things, if they go flat back, I wouldn't need to host any packages on my repo anymore. <laughs> you know, th you know things related to Pac-Man on Arch, things related to Zipper and uh, virtualization and stuff like that. You know, downloading yeah. a, uh, all the dependencies and stuff to go with KVM and QEMU, you know, all that stuff is going to always be in a, in a regular distro repository. I think um, it's going. You mentioned the most of... painful packet, one of the most painful packages to install, the QMU full, complete. Yeah. It's actually easier on Arch on on OpenSUSE. It is not easy. Yeah, have to use the 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 terminal version of Yast in order to get there, and it and that is. Like the regular version of Yes, the GUI version is not bad. It has a whole bunch of features, you know, it's antiquated and all that stuff. But the the terminal version of Yast is not good. But when it, you install the KVM and and QEMU QEMU stuff from Yast to in the terminal, it only installs about half the stuff. It doesn't install libvirt ddaemon, so the service isn't actually available for you to even start. You have to go install that yourself. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff you actually have to get do in order to get yourself your your virtualization stuff up and running. You have to add yourself to the group, which usually you know that is yeah. a you know it's just one extra step on Arch. But the the meta package uh, uh, that I created for zero Linux after I don't know three days of testing, I created a meta package that installs the full thing, everything. It's like 
600 megabytes plus. Yeah, and there's a lot of packages. And starts, uh, adds you the, you, the user, to the correct group, libvert, uh, libvert group, and mm -hmm. starts the libvert uh, uh, daemon service, whatever. And uh, all you have to do is reboot the computer and start the uh, the network. That's all you have to yeah. do. Um, that's what I it's need to be able to do that. that. If if it was only flat packs, we don't we can't do all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Anyways, Steve, your first link. My first link is a very simple link. Uh, it's KDE Plasma more Wayland fixes. Uh, KDE Plasma Wayland fixes severe screen distortion for some multi GPU system. And, and when I read the title, I was like, "Who still uses SLI?" <laughs> <laughs> multi GPU system, as in. Into yeah. uh, integrated GPU and uh, and dedicated GPU. Oh, but... that that's yeah. I, I I thought about that too. I was like, people still use bridges and stuff for their their GPUs. <laughs> no, like, that's they're still talking a thing? for a hybrid laptops and, and stuff. Oh yeah, that makes that makes way more sense. <laughs> and they updated the uh, the breeze cursor theme. I I didn't I didn't think that cursor themes needed updating. <laughs> that that's not important. Why is that important? Okay. The keyboard right, shortcut pull. to trigger... Yeah, okay, go ahead. Poll in the chat and, and in the comments if you're watching afterwards. How many people have actually changed their cursor thing from whatever the default is? Oh, uh, okay. So... <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't think I've changed my cursor theme in probably 30 years. Um, same here. Same here. I use the breeze theme. <laughs> I use the like breeze whatever, theme on KDE. That's it. Whatever the default is, that's what I use. <laughs> exactly. I don't uh, see the actually, need to you change. Know, that's actually a lie, okay? Because there was a distribution that I tested. I don't remember what it is. It was like maybe 4M Linux or something like that. It's one of those really rare distros that I made a video on. And that video, that distro comes with like a bright red cursor out of the box. Oh, yeah. And I had to change that. Yeah. I think it's Peppermint <laughs> so OS. Wasn't it Peppermint OS? I I don't know. It was one. No, I think it was smaller than Peppermint OS. It was one of those. It doesn't matter. Um, but it came with a bright red cursor. I had to turn that off. And actually, yeah, <laughs> I would have done the same thing. But, it was just really uh, bad. So wh wh whatever the default is, I stick with. I don't need to change uh, my my cursor theme because I saw some people, some some people who are using um, Uwu. Uwu cursors, you know, with the uwu uh, little thing next to, to 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 the cursor whenever it's processing something. I'm like, huh? That stuff is too young for me. I, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, stop <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. But anyway, uh, I used to do that on Windows. To be honest, on Windows because the default cursor on Windows sucks like crap. I used to use. Uh, um, a cursor that was a like a pen with a gear at the uh, uh, at the end of it. Uh, I love that cursor. I I used it for many 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 years, but it was a big cursor, so you could see it like from like twenty feet away. Right. Yeah, I have so. to do that for my mom. I have to change the Windows cursor so that it's like super big because she was always losing it. Um. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that feature in Mac when you shake the mouse uh, very fast, it grows to show you where the mouse is. Yeah, oh, not a bad cool. feature. 
Um, anyway, uh, hey, we just we just praised Mac. All right, let's yeah. go ahead and move on to the contact information. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. The best way to do so is head on over to the website, which is linuxcast.org. There you'll find previous episodes all the way back to season one, uh, as along with all the blog posts that I post, which is you know a few um, every now and then. I try to do it every week, but I don't I don't succeed every week. I have another one that that's in process um, of being written. Um, don't ask where that process is. The, the the document is open. I guess it's in process. Uh, but anyways, that's where you can find all of that stuff. You, you can follow Steve on YouTube at youtube.com slash zero, zero Linux, zero with an X, not a Z. Uh, you can f- uh, follow, uh, you can subscribe to the LinuxCast at youtube.com slash LinuxCast. You can uh, support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash LinuxCast. Uh, we have Discord servers and Mastodon and uh, there's a new Matrix server all those links and stuff will be on the website, the linuxcast.org slash contact. There you'll find other links for Steve as well, uh, including his Discord server and his uh, website and links to Zero Linux and all that stuff, all on my website, the linuxcast.org slash contact. Um, and I think that that's it. It, th- it feels like a really short uh, contact yeah. information because we're missing two people, but, you know, it's fine. Um, and so it was also really kind of hard to do because I was like, I was like, hey, Where's Tyler and Josh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Where's Gentoo and I? I I worked Linux guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I took care of the bo- the working of Linux this time. Um, and no, I didn't even consider installing Gentoo. Um, I did install Gentoo in Distrobox yesterday, though. Um, that Ooh, was really easy. I watched your Distrobox uh, video. Now I'm, in, uh, I'm I'm you know. I don't know. Remember last week when I told you I I turn everything into a bash script? Yeah. The first thing I uh, when I first started watching your video at like uh, minute two or th- uh, three minutes because you were praising it for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for I did five that. minutes. <laughs> so I was like, what if I wrote a bash script for Zero Linux that installs and takes care of uh, the basics uh, of Distrobox so users can uh, can. Uh, launch the distrobox terminal select which which one they want and it will run the command for the user instead of the user having to go to the website copy paste the link and whatever so i was like i was thinking bash script wise my brain if you end up doing that check out the command distrobox assemble it basically allows you to create a config file of different images that you want and then when you run that it will install those images um, so you could create a config file ahead of time with all the images you wanted to create in your bash script, and it would just, with one command, run all of them, install all yeah. of them, and it'd be done. No, but my idea, my idea is along the lines, uh, there, uh, it's a button in my tool. They click it for Distrobox. It says it will say, "Hello," the name of the user. Which, uh, which, uh, which distro do you want to install via Distrobox? Mm, that's they select cool. G- Gen two. They select. Fedora, they select whatever, and uh, whichever one they select, it will do all the backend stuff for them. That'd be cool. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the news. Um, I'll do the my second one, which is we're going heading back to Ubuntu land because Canonical just oh. can't stop pissing people off. <laughs> uh, this this was the week that I think pretty sure that uh, Ubuntu, the Canonical decided that they're just going to do a news dump of all of their stuff that they just knew were going to. You're make not the only one. You're land. not the only one. I, I just watched uh, the Linux experiments uh, in, uh, weekly news video. It was all about Ubuntu. So 
Yeah. Well, Ubuntu, like I said, they just dropped all their stuff. So they're so about three years ago, maybe four years ago or so, they created an option in their installer that allowed users to select a minimal install and basically all it would install was the stuff you needed including like a browser and stuff like that it wouldn't install any of the other gnome packages it wouldn't install anything extra and uh, it was a very popular install option because it basically allowed people to use the desktop version of ubuntu but without all the cruft that you get if you installed the like the two or three gigabyte iso right yeah. well that option is going away um now if you just read Joey's article to like the halfway point, uh, if you're not one of those people who don't read all the way to the end, you'd, you'd probably pretty like, why are they doing this? This doesn't make any sense. But apparently their plan is to go full on Arco Linux. <laughs> I, I doubt that they go that far, but apparently they're creating a more uh, modular installer, which will yeah. basically allow users to select what they want installed Wait. along the way. Now, Wait, did you just say I, go for Arco Linux? Full Arco Linux, you know, like when you install uh, yeah, Arco, I got, you. You know, I got what stuff. you meant, yeah. but I was like, did I hear Arco Linux? Hey, Eric, he mentioned you. He mentioned your thing. <laughs> well, I could have mentioned zero Linux, but we did that. I don't all, care we do that a lot. No, no, don't mention. I don't care about zero <laughs> Linux. Who does that? What a schmuck! <laughs> Forget that. Forget that. And anyways, I doubt that they go that far. Like you're not going to be able to select something other than you know, but uh, you'd be no, able. No, no, no. I'm interesting to. See. I don't. The question I have for, for this is, do you think, Steve, that Ubuntu users, and this is going to sound very condescending to Ubuntu users, do you think that Ubuntu users really want that level of granularity where they get to choose the packages that they want to install, or would they much be happier with just a one or the other? Mm -hmm. Sur surprisingly enough, there's a lot of Ubuntu users who, uh, they, they, I see them a lot on various, uh, various uh, Discord servers, I it's it's I see it very often where they say we wish we had the granularity that some arch distros offered. Uh, yes, because what Ubuntu used to do, I don't know if they still do it. I haven't installed Ubuntu in like ten years. Uh, but the uh, what they used to do is they when you select install whatever that the online checkbox is during the. Uh, their installer, uh, what was it called? The Ubiquity installer. It's uh, yeah. uh, the the they check the box. It will install stuff, download stuff, and install them uh, from online. You ended up with a lot of fluff, but you had zero control over what it was downloading and what it was installing at all. It installs everything, and then it's up to the user to start removing whatever they didn't need, all the fluff they didn't need. So there's a lot of complaints about. There was a lot of complaints about that. But now when they decided to, to give users more granularity, I saw people say, uh, I, not, I didn't, they didn't say anything. You know the uh, emoticons, the uh, reactions you can do on, uh, on Discord to, uh, to announcement. Mm -hmm. uh, for the news article for that one, on my server at least, it it, I have 666 members on my server. I hate that number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, out of 666, there was uh, 300 thumbs up on on that article alone. Mm. So yeah. that goes to show you that people are looking for more freedom on Ubuntu. That surprises me a little bit, but not too much. What I'm actually more interested in, so 
you said you haven't installed Ubuntu in a while. Basically, the if they still do this, I'm I'm pretty sure they still do. Is when you choose the minimal install, they actually install everything, and then they uninstall it right during the same process. So you have to actually download everything, and then they go yeah. through the process That's of actually installing all the things yeah. that they install. Um, so by being more granular granular about it, I think that they'll do it. What I'm very interested to find out is when this happens. Is what how how far are they going to go with it? Yeah, what options are they actually going to give? Because think about it. What I mean, are they going to give you options between like Firefox and Chromium? Are those going to be the options that you're going to have? Um, or they're not going to give you environments or window managers. Um, I mean, is this a so a, a, probably three or four months back we were talking about some kind of news item regarding Ubuntu, and I talked about how it'd be interesting to see an Ubuntu ISO that allowed you to basically install any of the flavors, right? Right during install, right? Oh my God. And, and, and we talked about how horrible that experience would be for people who, you know, don't have good internet because you'd have to download everything because uh -huh. there's no way you can have a ISO that, that, that big. But the counter argument to that was the Arco does it, you know, you know, if you, oh. but the problem in a with, way, with, in a way, not directly. Right, no but way. it also it also allows you. the The other problem, of course, is that you give the more complicated you make your installer. And Ubuntu is meant for new users, right? It's meant for newer Linux users. It, it, so, I wonder if, as this matures and more options are added, would they do go the continue to to emulate Arco Linux and have two different installers? Like you know how Arco has the the beginner and the advanced one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think that they'd start out with that, but it'd be interesting to see. I, I'm just very curious to see what options they Same. actually I, give I, you. I I am curious uh, as well because here's the here's the thing. There's a now now uh, zero Linux. We have a team. We discuss things now. We no longer decide anything before discussing it. Uh, before discussing it, uh, there's an idea on the table. Which says, what if? It's how Eric calls it. It's a what if. Sorry, Eric, I'm, I'm taking your thing. Um, it's a what if that we had. And that what if it was, what if we had a minimal ISO for zero Linux? And that's before I read the article. Uh, what if we had a minimal ISO that allowed users to pick and choose whatever they wanted? What if? They want the uh, the KDE version of Zero Linux, the XFCE, the GNOME, and with what packages do they want to include? They want to include fi uh, Firefox or Vivaldi or uh, Fireworks. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, do they want Vivaldi or Firefox or do they want uh, Chromium, etc., etc.? So we're working on this. It's an idea on the table. We're not working on it yet. Yeah. But it's an idea on the table. It's a suggestion. So you uh, know, there's at, at least one person in the chat probably saying, "What you, you know? What you guys are in, you, it, explaining? You're explaining NixOS. <laughs> you know, because the NixOS allows you to to put all yeah, of but your you have to create the configuration file and yeah. and all that jazz. Um, what we were thinking is on a simpler. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm just saying that that's the whole concept behind NixOS is yeah. that you choose all the packages you want and then it installs from the configuration yeah, file. No, the idea um, also uh, came uh, came from we need to stop using Calamari. Uh, Calamari is... Uh, and plus, 
if we had a minimal ISO, there will because if we if we had uh, an ISO with a, a live environment with a desktop and everything, and if you install, uh, you, let's say we had one with KDE and the user selected uh, GNOME, they will end up with GNOME and KDE mixed together. Uh, I'm sure there are complicated other ways to, to, to end up with one desktop environment, but it's, it's, it's very too, compli too complicated. Uh, that way it will allow the user to select whatever version. They will only end up with the version they selected without any fluff, without any duplicated packages and stuff like that. And we, we seriously need to, to start moving. And everybody, all the distros that are using Calamaris, they need to stop using Calamaris because Calamaris is now fragmented. It's as fragmented as there are, as, uh, as there are distros because each distro makes Calamaris. Uh, Calamaris the app. I'm not talking about the config. The config is a different thing. The config is what makes uh, customizes Calamaris to each distro's needs. But the Calamaris application itself is becoming uh, fragmented because this distro is using these modules. That distro is using these modules. Uh, uh, and then the Calamaris app, the code itself, is being modified from the ground up differently by each distro. It's no longer a single app. It's a million versions of the, of the Calamaris app with a million different configs. It's no longer unified as a single app that uses plugins uh, uh, customized by each and every distro to suit their need. It's the app itself being modified as well as its add-on plugin. So um, we need to move away. Everybody needs to move away from Calamaris. It's too fragmented and nobody is willing to help no one. The answer you're going to get on the Calamaris community is, uh, I don't want to write the program for you. It's not my job. Fuck off. Basically. So, yeah. um, yeah, but we need to, to start working on simpler ways. A simpler, not, sorry, simpler is weird because it's TTY. TTY is not very simple, but different ways uh, to install, to create distros, uh, to install distros, not Calamars. Calamars is not the answer. It was yeah. for a long time, but not anymore. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the last one for the day, Solus Linux. So, Steve, take us away. This is an article that would have been talked about by uh, Josh because yeah. Josh did a lot for Solus and he got banned by Solus. But, hey, who am I? <laughs> who, ha who, who hasn't he been banned by? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Solus just got uh, Solus 4.4 finally got released, but it's not a major release. It's just a. Uh, it's just a, They added. Uh, they enabled ZRAM. Uh, they added basic support for Wayland. They. It, it's on the way. So what they're saying is Wayland support. Uh, Wayland support will be fully integrated in Solus, but not. Maybe not. Uh, they will completely switch to Wayland in version eleven. Oh my and god! Version eleven okay. is how many years away? <laughs> no. All right, so I started using Linux full-time in 2017. I talked about this in a blog post recently. Uh, maybe it was even a video. I don't remember. My first my first vi um, distro when I came back to Linux in 2017 was Ubuntu Budgie. At that point, they were on version 10 point something, and they were already talking then about version 11. That has been six years ago, and they're still talking about version 11, Okay. Yeah, but don't for, forget the hiatus and the issues they yeah. suffered for two years. GIMP, GIMP 3.0 will come before Solus 11, guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would bet 
ten thousand dollars in crypto <laughs> that, that that happens um i i'm sh- sure that the solace guys are are great and i'm sure they had a good reason for banning josh i'm i don't know what that reason actually was but um i i will say that i don't trust them to do anything significant like it wow. just feels like they're in a holding pattern. They keep coming up with different plans. Um, True. I think that True. I think Ike Ike's back with the project now, and the guy who does Budgie is back with the project now. So uh, they're doing a whole transition from their independent thing that they're doing now, moving it over to Serpent OS, which is Ike's project, uh, and they have this whole thing. It's gonna take. It's gonna take a long time. I don't <laughs> like no, you said. Gimp will arrive before. I uh, don't think it's gonna happen. I, 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 I. Do you think? Do you think the 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 project is clinging? It's clinging for dear life. Well, I think I'm. I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that there was another version because, like, half a like six months ago or whatever, they said that was basically there was never going to be another one. They didn't own the servers or whatever that was being used to distribute their isos or whatever and the person who did own them walked away from the project so they didn't have access to any of that stuff so they had to do a whole bunch of switching it's amazing how many times that happens that's actually happening to qtile right now uh, hey nate thanks for the super chat i appreciate that um um the so the, it's happening to qtile somebody owned their domain and that person walked away and went completely AWOL. So they've had, they've they've been struggling with their documentation um, server for weeks and weeks now. That hasn't come back. So it's amazing how often that happens, but the whole budgie thing, the the thing about budgie and we're not even really talking about the version. um, It's just that they've come up with so many different plans. Budgie was a part of the project and it wasn't part of the project, but now the guy who does Budgie is back with the project and they have these really grand plans for version 11, but version 11 keeps moving further and further away. The more plans that they're making, because not only are they, um, and by the way, when we say version 11, what we mean is version 11 of Budgie, not version yep. 11 of Solus. Solus is at 4.4. Um, yeah. But the, the whole Budgie thing and Solus are very interconnected and they really always have been even though they're now split projects it's just a mess for me and it is a mess because i'll have you i'll i'll have everyone know that i did install Solus 4.4 some of their gtk apps are still using uh, uh gnome 3.38 apps for some odd an unexplained reason. I I opened an app randomly. I was like about, and it told me three point thirty eight. I was like, what? What in the name of? Well, why are they, they using a, such old? Uh, the the G- budgie apps. guys have a very acrimonious. I think that's the right word of uh, uh, relationship with GTK and GNOME, and that's the reason why they're moving to the EFL libraries or the EFL libraries, right? Yeah, the Enlightenment libraries. It's too many, too many um, mixed applications. You got three point thirty eight, four point oh, four point three, four point two point one. It's it's a it's a distro at this point. <laughs> Use one library. Why are you using three, four different libraries? Ah, because they can, I guess. Yeah, I, the thing is though the the plans that they have right now are very much subject to change, and 
when I use a distribution, I want to be able to trust the developers. And even, and, and it doesn't have oh. to mean like the, they have to be like a huge, you know, corporation for me to trust them. That's usually goes the other way. I don't trust them if they're a major corporation. Then you cannot the trust Zero Linux. Right? It's just. I, I want the creator have of some... Zero Linux is telling uh, telling Matt not to trust Zero Linux. Yeah, he, yeah, that creator of Zero Linux, total douchebag. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ross B, thanks for the super chat. I'm glad you like snaps. Use flat packs instead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice one. No, uh, but uh, seriously, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even trust my own distro, even though I'm working on it because I don't have the knowledge to. If I, if one day I reach a catastrophic thing, I won't know how to fix it. But. Uh, so let's actually let's talk about this for a second because you run a small distribution um yeah. over the small years the right you, you you've, you've you've seen this as a linux user the the smaller distributions have a much more likely chance of eventually not being updated any longer like the the yes. developer loses you know interest you know they get a job you know where they can no oh, longer spend yes. you know time you know and I, like they go work for many Apple variables, or many variables like, you know, yeah many variables so that just happens um, what do you think are the like the responsibilities of the small distro maintainer to to their users if that kind of thing happens? Like, do they have a, a responsibility to kind of try to pass the project along or to keep it in like maintenance mode or what do you, what no, do you think on that? No, 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 don't, don't. If you want to go maintenance mode, better just yank the plug, uh, because everything is rolling, especially since uh, uh. Some distributions are uh, rolling releases like Arch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> better yank the plug. Uh, but the, the responsibility is to uh, move it along, give it to somebody who can continue maintaining it, or shut uh, shut the plug, uh, pull the plug. Uh, e you have two choices: you either give it or announce that it's dead and tell uh, tell uh, recommend users move away from it and things like that only those two anything in between is unnecessary uh like in my case i will i will i'll be frank with everyone uh and i'm gonna make a standalone video about that at some point but to be frank with you guys zero linux is not gonna be uh uh by me forever at some point it's gonna exchange hands if it can't exchange hands i prefer to shut it down but i'm working very hard on not shutting it down yet i i prefer to continue working on it because i don't have no life the only thing that keeps me going every uh, every morning is zero limits. but when i find a job and god forbid get married uh yeah i said god forbid uh so uh, if I get married or, or find a job or start my continue my life, resume my real life, uh, Zero Linux is going to be on the back burner. It's going to be just another thing that I enjoy from time to time working on. Uh, it's no longer going to be on the forefront. So uh, I will be at that point, I will be looking for someone to either continue the project, change the project, to do whatever they want with the project, but keep the name Zero Linux alive. Uh, if not, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to push a message uh, on the World Wide Web telling people, move away from Zero Linux. Zero Linux is no more. Done. Because I cannot do my job and work on Zero Linux in a serious fashion all, uh, all the time. 
I prefer con concentrating on my real life and my job because I ain't no. If you if you didn't if you didn't notice, I ain't young no more. Uh, you Got are white hair in, in, in my in my goatee. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, the responsibility of the uh, of the distro maintainer is to continue maintaining the distro for as long as they can, and when they feel that they can they can no longer do it, is hand it off to someone else. Priority is handing it off to someone else if they want to keep the name alive. Otherwise, just announce and pull the plug. Don't leave it alive in maintenance mode because, oh my lord, I paused Zero Linux for a short while. Uh, here, uh, I'm going to mention something, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but Hiroshima all over again. So, Too soon. Uh, <laughs> avoid that. Avoid that. Avoid that with uh, as much as you can. Don't put it in maintenance mode. Users are gonna scream and come at you with pitchforks. We're gonna back. We're gonna go back to the 1700s. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we had that little conversation. Let's go ahead and move on to the thingies of the week. So this is the last section of the show where we do this every single week. We could have called it any number of things: apps of the week, picks but we of the week, called it the thingy dingalingy in the between the legs thing. See, he always takes it to the. It wasn't meant to be dirty. It was. It was oh, meant to be you, dirty. You didn't mean for it to be dirty? Okay. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> anyways, so the we we select things that we're interested in and then we share them with the others. So today, Steve, what is your thingy of the week? Safe Desktop. Safe Desktop is an application. I went to FlatHub. I was like, I need to add more flatbacks to my tool because it's very bare bones right now. Well, it, it only has a thousand packages in there. I, I need more like... 2500 uh so i went on flat hub and i was scrolling 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 for like 20 30 minutes and i saw something called safe desktop I was like, what the fuck is that well let me tell you it saved my life uh it saves your desktop settings it saves your installed flatbacks uh <clears throat> not all of them uh for some reason it doesn't detect everything I don't know why. Uh, for example, OBS, it only detects OBS, but not the plugin. Although the plugins are, mm. were installed as flatbacks. But hey, uh, I reported it to the developer. I'm still waiting on a fix. Uh, but it allows you to save your theming, your icon themes, your desktop theme, your whatever, with the exception of Kvantum. It doesn't save the Kvantum style for, Q for people on KDE. It's the... It's more targeted towards GTK, <laughs> basically GNOME, mm. uh, than uh, than KDE, but it works very well on XFCE since XFCE is GTK. Uh, for window managers, not many are listed in the supported ones, <laughs> if any. I actually don't uh, see any. No, <laughs> no, no window managers uh, because window <laughs> managers are way too complex, uh, too many configuration files. Literally, uh, okay, no, no, hold, hold on a second. Hold on all over the place. Go, configuration file all over the place. Fight me. No, it, literally one configuration file. That's all you have. <laughs> that's all there is. One configuration file. XFC has like 12 different configuration files all over the place. Way more no, complex I'm talking, than a uh, manager. Configuration files that users have to write, configure by writing yeah. words. One. <laughs> okay. One. Config. Not all of them are one. Not all of them are one. Okay, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of uh, 
open box possibly might have two because you'd have the menu and the config file for the that's bspwm could could would have two but i3 has one xmonad has one qtile has one dw for the theming for the theming you you can control theming with one configuration file well, I mean, you can't control this. I mean, if you're talking about, like, for GTK and stuff like that, it have, controls GTK and QT in the same way that GNOME and XFC do. Um, okay. You, well, G I, settings, I don't right? know. The, to, to be to, on the serious note, I don't know why they don't support WMs, but they don't. Probably because, prob- here to be more on your side, um, you don't really need this for a... Uh, window manager. Most window manager users back up their systems to their configuration files dot to get, file. and just pull yeah, it right back down to get. So yeah, um, but this this is more targeted towards desktop environments. Mm-hmm. More G- GTK based desktop environments than although they list Plasma all the way at the bottom. I saw that. Uh, yeah, all the way at the bottom. They're like GTK, 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 GTK. Oh, cute. <laughs> uh, I tried it on Plasma. It didn't save everything, unfortunately. But when I tried it on GNOME, dude, it's like one you you reinstall your system, install this app, uh, restore your. Of course, it backs up a zip file with all the settings and the deconf and everything. You click one button after loading the file. You click one button. You're back where you left off before the restoring your system. Extensions it's, and um, everything? Extensions. Uh, well, exten- mm, extension configurations. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Extensions as well. Sorry. Extensions as well because they're saved in... If you download them via the uh, extensions.gnome.org, they're in .local forward slash uh, gnome so if, shell. If you uh, use the, the extension manager, it doesn't. What, what, what does the extension manager... The GNOME extension manager is an app that you get from Flatpak that allows you to install stuff without having to install a browser plugin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the what I meant was if you uh, if you install them as a user, not as packages from the AUR or ah, or, okay, or, yeah, that makes or whatever, sense. they go into uh, your home directory dot local share uh, GNOME shell extension. Uh, so as long as they uh, they are in there, it backs them up because it has access your home directory so it backs up extensions extension settings since the extension settings are in a decom file uh it backs up your wallpaper any additional wallpapers you you added your everything all the settings it's like you never left it's amazing it's a, it's a cool little app it's very small it's like if you, it's a megabyte or something that's so, um that, that sounds like a really cool thing and i might use it for xfc but i'd never it still would not get me to use gnome um so <laughs> no, but it worked for xfce wonderfully but for kde for some reason although the settings for latte doc are inside dot config in a folder called latte it wasn't backing up latte doc settings. it's it, it it was like i'm bypassing that i don't know what latte is <laughs> So it mm. only sees uh, KDE panel settings. It only sees KDE related stuff. So anything, yeah. if you're using a third party widget or a third party doc or a third party something on KDE, doesn't back up the settings. Uh, it's hard coded in there what it uh, it backs up. It reminds me of uh, Config Saver uh, that existed but then died on Plasma. 
but it works for G for any G any GTK based desktop environment. That's very good, and that makes users' lives so much easier. Uh, and you can upload. I uploaded my uh, my backup to to my uh, to my host to my server like that. I have a offline backup because I re I format that uh, GNOME hard drive a lot because I need to test zero Linux on bare metal as as many times as possible to make sure it works. But uh, yeah, it's a neat little utility. I recommend it to anyone who's on GNOME and XFCE. But if you're uh, on a KDE, don't use it. Don't bother. Well, maybe maybe they'll get it to work better in the pat in the maybe. future. All right, hopefully, so mine, hopefully. yeah, mine. I, I'm not going to spend too much time on mine because I just made a whole video about it yesterday. But I, I just want to reiterate: if you haven't tried Distrobox, download it and try it out. It is the coolest thing ever. So, like like I said at the in the pre-show, I installed Gentoo yesterday in Distrobox. It took three minutes. Um, really? Yeah, it took three minutes. The installation install of. Is it no. just the installation of uh, Gen two, or installing it, configuring it, and? Well, it just installs Gen two, and then you can install all your packages that you want to install. So, like, I installed NeoFetch and took a, I took a screenshot of NeoFetch, um, so you can install whatever. You I want. have a question now. for you. I have a question for you. Before you continue, I have a question for you. Uh, the when you uh, when you want to run a uh, a window manager or a desktop, can you can you install desktop uh, uh, full desktop environments? Uh, as uh, as containers, GUI right. desktop environments. So uh, with the ma yes, menus and everything, you can, but it's not as easy as using a window manager because it, a lot of the desktop environments rely on certain system D things being in place in the in the right places. And Distrobox does not have control over system D. It does not have its own init system. It uses the host's init system. So it has access to services, but it doesn't have access oh. to the entire system D stack. So, so basically you can install uh, you you can for example, uh, if I want to install Debian with KDE and I am on KDE already. So it uses my KDE settings on the Debian KDE uh, distro box that I installed. It would use any KDE settings that are in your home directory because it shares a home directory. So if, it, if it's, yeah. the settings are in uh, the root directory anywhere, it would use the ones from the container. But the, um, the bigger question is, since on Debian KDE is older than the, the KDE on your host system, for example, wouldn't that cause version discrepancy issues? It's because possible. That that some of the configuration files and stuff like that would not work. So you, in, in that case, you can create a distro box with its own home directory, and then when you install packages, ah. it uses its own stuff. So you then you'd, you'd have your own. Ah, home you directory. can give the distro uh, uh, the distro box that you install its own home directory you inside can, your home directory. Yeah, it's just it just if you just use the when you do distro box create, you just do dash dash home, and it creates its own home directory for the, that particular so container. A home directory inside a home directory. Talk about. Yeah, I'm not sure actually where it stores it, so don't quote me that it's in the home directory, but it does create it. Um, the other the other issue with desktop environments is that it has some debug issues. So I installed XFCE, and it installed fine and everything, but I could not get it to launch because of some debug issues. Now I didn't have I didn't have a chance to. Um, 
troubleshoot that before I messed up my my Debian install. So I'll, I still have to play around with that. But in theory, yes, it is possible to do. Uh, it, it's just not as easy as it is to win them. With window managers, they don't have any expectations over hardly anything because they're just window managers, right? So they're not they're not expecting you can to install, have. You can install Hyperland, for example. Yeah. You could you really? can install you can you can install Hyperland as long as your display manager will, will boot into a, a Wayland session, which is most of <sighs> these days. Yeah, because you're still Not you're still me. you're still going to be using that stupid SDDM. Um, that's no. why I switched to LightDM. It just works better. Um, yeah, LightDM is good. Um, I thought yeah, about LightDM GD. doesn't give a, doesn't give a hoot what uh, what you're trying to do. It yeah. just says okay, log in. <laughs> yep. Um, anyways, yeah, Distrobox, it's amazing. I've only really kind of really scratched the surface surface of the things that you can do with it, but and and I, I won't continue to sing his praises every week. No, listen, you, listen. You can can you try can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? Sure. Can you do all of us a favor. Do the Josh thing for uh, Distrobox. That what do you mean the Josh thing? I mean like break it. No, long, <laughs> long, long ass how-to video. Oh uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, there's not. I don't. A lot of the features. Go over all the options, all the features, all the things. Okay, so like, make it a ten-hour video. So you can use an option with Distrobox Enter to create the own its own desktop file. So if you have a application on a container, you can use distro, an option for Distrobox Enter to create a desktop file on your host system so that you can run that particular uh, there's application. There's a command to create the desktop file. You don't have to create it manually. Yeah, it, it will do it for you. And so if you want, if you say install Firefox on the container, you'd have a desktop file and it would just work. It's really freaking awesome and if you use distrobox assemble it, 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 you can have that configuration file available to you whenever you go to a different system and it will just install all the images that you always have um it's really really cool um anyways definitely I give need, that check out I, I, i'll stop I need, to, I, I need to i need to check it out maybe i'll create a bash script like i said earlier yeah well, the documentation well, is also really good by the way um it's better than Which watching one? my video about it the this the documentation is really good um, oh, documentation. Yep. Documentation. Who's going to read? Reading? Reading is for pussies. Okay. And on that note, uh, <laughs> don't read <laughs> into that no, too much. I, I need to mention one thing before before we end. I need to mention one thing. People, on Arch, please, if you get the grub issue, uh, 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 issue don't report it to any distro maintainer. Report it up on Grub. Uh, they have you go to Grub's website. They have a uh, bug reporting section where you can report bugs. Report it there. We need people to report it as to 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 to, to uh, DDoS the Grub uh, bug tracker so they can fix it quickly because it's starting to get annoying. And there's another issue with the set font thing that I don't know. Uh, with every update of uh, of Arch, new things break. That's the nature of Arch. I know. I understand it. I, I live with it. But for Grub, please, people, shake the uh, make some noise. Shake the ground underneath uh, the Grub developers' uh, feet because uh, it's starting to get annoying. Two updates in a row that are broken. Come on, Grub devs. What are you doing? 
and Arch maintainers for for the Grub package. Test the package before you put it. Uh, you, you ship it to your users. Come with, on. What they we're, need to do is so it, over that. What they need to do is hire the guy who does the GNOME updates for 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 Arch to do the Grub yeah. ones too, because he never yeah. updates GNOME right at, on time. If he did the same thing with Grub, it'd be fantastic. He just holds it back for two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah, and this is I, I uh, in this case. Yeah, that's what exactly. That's exactly what should, uh, what needs to happen. Uh, um, we need to get that gnome guy and take care of the grub package because Arch, please test grub before you shipping. It's an essential part of uh, uh, of every OS. Uh, we're sick of having those kind of issues and us distro maintainers having to tell our users over and over and over again: downgrade grub, hold it back. Downgrade grub, hold it back. All right. I'm not gonna hold the grub back because if I do it myself, they're gonna yell at me. Why are you doing the Manjaro thing? Hmm. Anyways, uh, pro tip: don't use Arch Linux. Just use Debian. <laughs> or use Arch Linux in a, uh, in a container in DistroBox. Yeah, yeah, do that. Anyways, that's it for this episode. We record this live every Saturday around three o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and we are on one hell of a streak. I think we've done five episodes in a row. Um, even when we're missing like half of our crew, we're still here entertaining you guys. It's uh, well, it's, I it's hope entertainment. Enter it's yeah. entertainment. No, it's edutainment. We're right. educating well, and entertaining. I, I don't know about all that. Don't don't go too far. You don't want to sell it too hard, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, anyways, youtubecom linuxcast is where you can find that live. You can hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification icon, so you don't miss us when we do go live. If you're watching this afterwards or even right now, go find that like button, hit it for me. It really does help the channel. I'd really appreciate it. You, thanks to everybody who does support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast. You guys are all absolutely amazing. Without you, the channel just would not be anywhere near where it is right now. So thank you so very, very much for your support. I truly do appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for watching. I'll see you next time. <laughs>